Coram Deo is a Latin phrase that means in the presence of God or before the face of God. To live your life Coram Deo means to embrace every moment as holy, knowing that you are in the presence of God and before His watchful face. Are you acting under the gaze of an omnipresent God, whatever you are doing and wherever you are doing it? Coram Deo results in a greater intimacy with God. It is also the way the Christian life becomes a great adventure with many divine appointments, like the one Philip experienced in Acts chapter 8. Live every moment in the presence of Almighty God, and who knows where He will send you next. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Have you ever had a divine appointment, a meeting with one or more people that you knew beyond all doubt was orchestrated by God? Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. In Acts chapter 8, an angel of the Lord appeared to Philip and told him to walk to a chariot and talk to the man he would find there. Ron shares the story next as he continues his teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Stay with us or drop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get yours. From Acts chapter 8, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Divine Appointments. I'm reading from Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the Scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and he passed through. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel 
to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Nicholas Herman never set out to become known worldwide by the Christian community. He was born in poverty, and um, for that reason he chose to enter the military where he was guaranteed um, daily rations of food and a, a, a small income. Uh, he fought in the Thirty Years' War and was injured, and after the war he, he served for a short time as a valet and then later joined the Carmelite Monastery in Paris where he took a name for himself. He called himself Lawrence of the Resurrection. His friends knew him as Brother Lawrence, and maybe you recognize that name in church history. Brother Lawrence uh, is famous for living his life in the presence of God and practicing the presence of God. Uh, while he served at the monastery, he, he mostly served in the kitchen, doing what we would consider to be menial tasks. Later in his life in ministry, he, he repaired sandals. But uh, in 1691, Herman Nicholas died in relative obscurity, but we know about him today. He, he's famous in church history because of the letters that he wrote to people who asked him for advice and for counsel. And from those letters, we get some sense of Brother Lawrence's uh, intimacy with God and how he practiced the presence of God. I would say that Brother Lawrence lived his life quorum Deo. You know what I mean by that? It's a, it's a Latin phrase that means in the presence of God or before uh, the face of God. Uh, to live your life quorum Deo uh, means to embrace every moment knowing that you are in the presence of God and uh, under His, His watchful gaze. It means that whatever you are doing and wherever you are doing it, uh, you know that you are in the presence of God and you are under the watchful gaze of an omniscient God. And, and I believe living life that way, like, like Brother Lawrence did, in the presence of God and, and, and doing everything, every task of every day, every moment of every day, realizing you are in the presence of God, under the watchful gaze of God. Living your life that way will produce an intimacy with God. It did for Brother Lawrence. And as people wrote, read his letters that he wrote to other people, they just got a sense of a, of a communion and a union and a, 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 an intimacy that Brother Lawrence shared with the Lord, even as he did his tasks in the kitchen and mended those sandals later in life. But I believe that living your life quorum Deo, in the presence of God and before the face of God, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, not just when you're in church, no, but wherever you are and whatever you're doing, because we serve an omniscient and omnipresent God, living your life that way will also produce uh, what some people call, and I'm calling today, divine appointments. Um, Philip lived his life that way. Uh, the text that I just read in Acts chapter 8 and verses 26 to 40 tells the story of a guy named Philip who, in my estimation, reminds me of, of, of Brother Lawrence in the sense that he lived his life in the presence of God and made himself available to go and do whatever God told him to do at any given moment. Um, 
And he, he answered what we're going to discover today to be a, a divine appointment. What is a divine appointment? I define it this way. A divine appointment is a meeting with another person that is supernaturally and unmistakably scheduled by God. Remember, Philip was one of the original seven deacons that we read about in Acts chapter 6. And when the persecution came to the early church, he, along with many others, were scattered from Jerusalem. And Philip ends up in Samaria. And following his ministry in Samaria, the Bible tells us that the angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Philip was up here in Samaria, and ministry was booming. I mean, people were coming to know the Lord, and uh, things were going great. I mean, the gospel had come to, of all people, the Samaritans. Peter and John made their, their visit from Jerusalem to verify all of this and to verify that the Holy Spirit came to, to rest on even the Samaritans. And, and this was the kind of place and the kind of ministry that a guy like Philip would say, man, I just want to settle down here and do life and do ministry here, maybe even plant a church. Uh, become the pastor of the church, or, or at best, the chairman of the deacons. Great place to serve. But, but this strange request comes from the angel of the Lord to leave that place in Samaria and travel south, past Jerusalem, and then toward this place called Gaza. Now, we hear about Gaza all the time in the, in the news, the Gaza Strip. When we go to Israel, we don't go anywhere near the Gaza Strip because of all the terrorist activity in and around there. There are terrorist organizations lobbing, you know, uh, rockets from Gaza. It's just a short distance into Jerusalem. You don't go down there today. But in Philip's time, this, this was a, a beautiful place along the Mediterranean coast, but it was a desert place. Who's in Gaza? That's like saying, you know, the difference between Dallas and Waxahachie, Texas. I mean, who's in Waxahachie and who wants to go there? I always pick on, pick on the Waxahachians. I know that. But, you know, I mean, Gaza was just as out-of-the-way place here. And it didn't make human sense or any human rationale for Philip to leave a place where ministry was booming to go to Gaza, except that he lived his life Coram Deo in the, in the presence of God and under the, the watchful gaze of God. And Philip remained sensitive and available to follow the Lord at any moment and at any time. I want to suggest to you, friends, if you and I live our lives quorum Deo, two things will result. Number one, we'll, we'll develop a greater intimacy with God, just like Brother Lawrence did. But also, if we live our lives that way, we, we will experience the Christian life as the adventure it was meant to be. Because when you're living your life in the presence of God, every moment, every day, yielded to Him before the face and the gaze of an omnipresent God, who knows where He's going to send you next? Who knows what conversation He might have for you? A divine appointment over here where the watchful eye of the Lord, the eye of the Lord that uh, goes to and fro across the whole earth, uh, a, a God who is always at work to bring people to faith in Christ. He sees somebody over here. He saw an Ethiopian who was traveling by chariot from Jerusalem to this desert place toward Gaza. And he said, hey, Philip, you available? <laughs> I've got an appointment for you down here. 
And what I want to talk to you about today is what it looks like to, to live your life quorum Deo in the presence of God. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, not just when you're in church. Oh, I know we all understand we're in the presence of God at church, but I'm talking about tomorrow morning when you go to the office. I'm, I'm talking about whatever you're doing this week, that you are living in that constant awareness and that, that constant uh, sense of yieldedness to the Father who at any given moment would nudge you in some way and say, I, I have a divine appointment for you. How do you do that? Don't go away. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, AD Acts of the Apostles. Visit our updated website, somethinggoodradio.org, for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out something new from Dr. Ron Jones we're calling Something Good Television. SGTV is a weekly broadcast featuring Ron's Bible teaching ministry. If you're looking for Bible teaching for everyday life, Something Good Television is the place to go. Stop by to check out the sample episodes at somethinggoodradio.org. What would your life look like if you lived every moment as if you were in the presence of God? Because the truth is, you are. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Divine Appointments. As we go back through the story here, I, I wrote down five words that kind of characterize this quorum deo life I'm talking about and the divine appointments, how we respond to a divine appointment. And the first word that comes to my mind is the word sensitivity. It takes a sensitivity to the Spirit of God and as we'll find out here in a moment, even to uh, perhaps uh, the angel of the Lord nudging you in a direction. Acts chapter 8 and verse 26 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Again, an unlikely, unusual request from a human perspective, but God was at work. God had scheduled an appointment for, uh, for uh, Philip, and it was an appointment with this Ethiopian man who was traveling from Jerusalem down to Gaza, and this man had some questions. But I, I find it interesting. It was the angel of the Lord that said this to Philip. Now, I don't know what your uh, theology of angels is, but uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating study in the Scriptures. We know from a reading of Scriptures that angels exist. They, they are created beings that exist in heaven and are part of uh, God's worship team, if you want to call it that. Uh, but Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14 tells us that angels are also ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. God dispatches His angels across planet Earth. We read about some of those experiences at, at, uh, at various places throughout the Bible. Certainly, the angel Gabriel uh, shows up, you know, to Mary in the Christmas story and so forth. But God is still in the business of dispatching His angels. Um, and, and as I understand it, probably in, in human form, uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Listen to this. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. <laughs> That'll just make, you know, send chills up and down your spine. What's that all about? 
makes you think twice about being rude to that stranger, right? You never know. Maybe God has sent an angel to nudge you in one direction or the other. I don't want to get too deep into this. I actually wrote two chapters in my book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, about angels and related two stories of my own where I think back over the last 20 or 30 years where I wonder, what was, was that an angel of the Lord? Because it was a really interesting experience that I went through. Uh, it, it could be. The Scripture certainly gives us uh, the room to be able to envision that we might have encounters with angels just like Philip did 2,000 years ago. It was the angel of the Lord who said to Philip. Now, we don't know whether he heard an audible voice. We don't know what kind of manifestation of an angelic being it was. Um, we, we don't know much more about the experience other than the fact that it was the angel of the Lord who said, Philip, we have an appointment for you. I need you to rise up from Samaria here, and there's a guy down, down near somewhere between Jerusalem and Gaza who's riding a chariot. He's been in Jerusalem worshiping the Lord, and he has some questions, and I need you to go down there. Actually, Philip didn't get that kind of detail. I'm pulling in detail from the rest of the story here. Uh, it, it was just rise and go. And, and what I'm suggesting here is there's a sensitivity a sensitivity that we need to the leading not only of the angel of the Lord but also to the Spirit of God. Look in verse 29. And the Spirit said to Philip, now he's down near Gaza, the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Do you have the kind of sensitivity to the Spirit of God where if the Spirit of God would nudge you in some way, I call them the inner promptings of the Spirit. I'm not talking about, you know, hearing the voice of God or, or something like that. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but has the Spirit of God ever nudged me or urged me to go here or there or yonder? Absolutely. And when you're living your life coram Deo, when you're living your life in the presence of God, when there's not a single moment that passes that you are not walking in the Spirit, in step with the Spirit, abiding in Christ, life becomes an adventure this way. When the Lord, who is always working and His eyes are running to and fro across this whole earth, may call upon you or you or me and say, I have an assignment for you down here. I see something that you don't, but I need you to go from here to here. Or I need you to walk across the street to your neighbor who's cutting the yard and begin a conversation with that person. Or that person who's sitting next to you on the airplane, who's reading that book, you need to begin a conversation with that person. Are you living your life with that kind of sensitivity? If you're quenching the Spirit, grieving the Spirit, resisting the Spirit, you'll never have that kind of sensitivity. But if you're walking by the Spirit, living by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit of God, not only do you enjoy an intimacy with God, but the Christian life becomes the kind of adventure that when you're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, this is fun stuff. You never know what's going to happen. You may have scheduled your day, and I may have scheduled my day, but a divine appointment, not a divine interruption, but a divine appointment comes that maybe you never anticipated on your schedule today. It takes a sensitivity to the Spirit. Philip had that. Secondly, it takes availability. Availability. Look in verse 27. It says, and Philip rose and went. Again, Philip, uh, he could have argued, but we have no indication of that. 
He didn't sit down and say, yeah, but Lord, you know, things are going so well here in Samaria. Uh, why don't I just stay here and settle in? I mean, ministry is booming here. He didn't negotiate. He didn't, uh, you know, resist in any way. It just simply says he went. He was sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, in this case, the angel of the Lord as well, and he willingly obeyed because he had already settled the matter that, Lord, I'm yours, and I'm available to go anywhere, any place, any time you've made an appointment for me. Because when you, when you put parameters around where the Lord will lead you, and you, know, you say things like, Lord, I'll follow you wherever, you know, but just don't send me to Africa. Here's what I've learned. The Bible says God gives us the desires of our heart. Doesn't mean that your desires are aligned to His will yet, but in time, when your desires and my desires align to His will, then He gives us the desires of our heart that He's placed in our heart. And that's the way it was for me. When I went into the ministry, I, I resisted it for a long time. I said, you know, God doesn't need another professional. He needs a few good laymen. And over time, I said, okay, I'll entertain a conversation. By the time it came, I was running toward it. And I've been doing this for almost three decades. I can't imagine having a desire to do anything else but this. But there was a time when, when I resisted that. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good Radio message, Divine Appointments. And we'll pick it up right here tomorrow when Ron continues his teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 8.28, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. For the body of Christ to fulfill the Great Commission, it takes partnership. It always has and always will. Today, Ron wants to invite you to join him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Something Good radio broadcast. When you partner with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Ron's book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. To join the 828 Club today, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. 
If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today, we'll be happy to send you the complete audio download of the series that you're hearing now called AD Acts of the Apostles. Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices, 757-276-1099. Sometimes we're afraid to start the conversations and initiate it because we're afraid they'll ask us a question that we can't answer. You know what my favorite thing to do, is, is favorite thing to say is... Um, if I don't know the answer, I just say, that's a great question, and I don't know the answer. It's not on the tip of my tongues, but I, I have some places I can go to do a little research for you. How about if we meet again and, and uh, we, we talk about the answer to that question? There's not a question that anybody has asked or is asking today about the Christian faith that hasn't been asked over the last 2,000 years, all right? There aren't any new questions. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Divine Appointments. Join us then for something good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. God bless and thanks for listening.